Asia Pacific currents. News and labour issues from the Asia Pacific region. We strongly condemn the, the police that arrest、uh, the protesters. Sunday mornings at nine o'clock on Community Radio 3CR. Workers of the world should unite to fight this greedy capitalist. Brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Link. Good morning and welcome to Asia Pacific Currents this Saturday, the nineteenth of August. You're listening to Community Radio 3CR. I'm Giselle Hanna, taking you through to nine thirty this morning. Of course, Asia Pacific Currents is brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links, and you can find us on the web allthews.aawl.org.au. We're on Facebook and Twitter as well, so you can find us on those social media platforms. And of course, if you want to give us a ring, which I always announce on the show, and nobody ever rings us, but I will persist with giving you that number. It is nine double six three seven two double seven. Coming up on today's program in the second half of the show, we'll be featuring、um, a conversation with Elisa Budit Carlos. He is the spokesperson of the In Defence of Human Rights and Dignity movement in the Philippines. This is one of the organisations that is currently organising for human rights and against the、uh, return of authoritarian rule in the Philippines.、Uh, I've got a story in our news roundup about the Philippines、um, coming up, but that is in the second part of the program. Excuse me. <coughs> um. We we might just get straight into news from around the region. We're going to kick off this morning、um, in a tyre factory in an important victory over six hundred workers employed at, at JK Tyres in Kanchipuram district in southern India won the right to be represented by the union of their choice. The workers had to strike for more than two weeks, but in the end, were also able to win the reinstatement of 27 probationary workers who had been dismissed during the strike. This is an important win for all workers in the region, as other recent disputes, such as the one at Apollo Tars, was shut down by government actions. There is another.、Um, Incident in India, which I was unable to bring you in much detail today, but another、um, circumstance where workers have been accused of murdering the CEO、um, of a, a vehicles man- parts manufacturing factory,、uh, and those workers are looking at life sentences as well. So the fact that this particular tyre factory dispute ended in victory for the workers, where their union was recognised, in the context of This new tactic that we're seeing, well, not quite new,、um, but where workers'、um, organising has been so heavily repressed in India,、uh, with workers facing life sentences, actually just for organising,、um, is quite a victory for these tyre factory workers. Looking now at the Philippines, and we will go into more detail、um, in the second part of the show, but、uh, last week, on one particular night last week. Thirty-two people were murdered、uh, in the Philippines. Once again, highlighting the murderous rampage that the, that President Duterte has unleashed in the Philippines with his war on drugs. It's estimated that close to ten thousand people have been killed so far, with bodies being dumped in the sea and children also being targeted. While there's growing opposition, most poor urban working class communities are totally defenceless against these death squads. 
A new film, Dutetra's Hell, portrays the horror of these killings that now represent the region's highest number of civilians murdered since the Cambodian Khmer Rouge uh, regime in the 1970s. Um, I'm going to link two stories together now. Um, We're going to start in Palestine. Um, And actually, what I want to get across in this is the way that migrant migrant workers are used to undermine or um, basically to undermine the workers' movement internationally. Um, And again, uh, playing on the desperation of workers in the current economic crisis worldwide. So senior officials from the Israeli construction industry and the Ministry of Finance arrived in China last week to begin the official selection process of Chinese construction workers to be imported to Israel. The selection began on Wednesday with about 20,000 candidates registered by the Association of Chinese Contractors. So of those 20,000 construction workers, about 7,000 are going to be randomly selected to continue the screening process and basically become migrant workers in Israel. They're going to take about 6,000 Chinese workers. These construction workers from China will double the construction capacity of the housing market, increasing the supply of apartments and reducing the cost of living for Israelis. The... um, the the finance minister, uh, Moshe Kohlan from Israel, said bringing thousands of Chinese workers will increase, sorry, will change the rules of the game in the construction industry and Israel's infrastructure will be a significant injection of energy into the number of housing starts in Israel. So not just undermining... Um, I mean, if you consider the issue of Palestinian unemployment in Israel plus the um, construction of uh, Israeli settlements on Palestinian lands, it is a quite alarming development. And um, the challenge for us is how to relate to these Chinese construction workers in Palestine and what to say to the workers' movement in relation to that. But again, highlighting the plight of migrant workers, um, I want to go to South Korea and to look at a Nepali um, man who suicided. Um, So just to give you some context about the South Korean um, laws related to migrant workers, they've got an act called the Act on, uh, on Employment. And it's um, uh, foreign. It's about foreign workers, and it restricts migrant workers, as a rule, from changing workplaces after entering South Korea through the employment permit system. A worker may change workplaces up to three times in three years, but only in exceptional cases. Workplace changes are allowed only only in cases where the employer grants approval, or in exceptional instances such as non-payment of wages and other labour standard violations. Um, by the employer and of course the challenge is proving that. So an organisation in Nepal that works with their workers that are travelling internationally as migrant workers reported that a person has died because of the employment permit system in South Korea. Shrestha was in great physical pain from difficult work and stress. He asked several times to change workplaces or to be allowed to go to Nepal briefly for treatment, but the company's foreign management team would not allow his request. Foreign workers subject to the employment permit system 
are institutionally prevented from changing workplaces as they wish without the permission of their employer, even if the company where they are where they are isn't good. In August, uh, oh, sorry, on the 9th of August, a telephone interview um, with company management said uh, Shrestha had never said outright that he wanted to change workplaces. Um, they say that he said he wanted to quit and go back to Nepal um, and they argued that they would discuss that with him at a later date. He he died. He suicided, in fact, and I've got an excerpt from his letter. He wrote, Hello, everyone. I'm saying goodbye to the world today. I've had health problems and I can't sleep. I've been receiving treatment, but it hasn't gotten better. This time has been so difficult for me, and today I decide to leave this world. I've had to deal with stress at work. I don't want to go to another factory, and even though I've tried to go to Nepal for treatment, I haven't been able to. That man was 20 years old. So um, I wanted to link those two stories particularly because I think it's easy to um, have us pitted against migrant workers, especially in the Israeli-Palestinian context. But, um, but fighting for the rights of migrant workers is something we must pick up, take up internationally. Moving now to Hong Kong, um, and this particular story is about the repression of activists. Uh, Court of Appeal has given jail sentences to 13 activists who stormed the Legislative Council in 2014 following a successful legal challenge by the Department of Justice. Um, So there were demonstrations in 2014 in response to the Finance Committee's chair, Nyung Lung Singh, who forced a vote on about 340 Hong Kong, uh, 340 million Hong Kong dollars, a funding plan for a controversial Northeast New Territories development proposal? So, just a social justice issue that um, that activists in Hong Kong were, were protesting against. The vote took place whilst Pan Democrats were out of their seats. So, just uh, the oppositional party in the Legislative Council had stepped out of the council at the time that the vote was being taken. However, the protesters um, were arrested. They were previously convicted of unlawful assembly and sentenced to community service. But the Department of Justice appealed that decision, saying that these activists weren't given high enough sentences. The result of that appeal is those defendants, those activists, now have 13 months in jail for that protest action in the uh, Legislative Council. Most of them are students. Um, Actually, what the judge said in response to them was, um, the court does not take pleasure in jailing young people with aspirations, but the sentencing should have a deterrent effect and uphold the public interest. So, uh, in in fact, I mean, that's quite uh, blatant. It's not even hidden. We want to deter people from protesting. And our last story for the morning from the news from around the region is looking at Yemen and particularly in this uh, war, um, uh, war-ravished war country, um, there is currently a cholera outbreak. So looking at the, the fact that workers and workers' families are always, always the victims of war, the number of suspected cases of cholera in Yemen um, resulting uh, from an epidemic in war-torn Yemen has reached 500,000. That's half a million people. This is according to the World Health Organization. Almost 2,000 people uh, have died since the waterborne disease began to spread rapidly at the end of April this year. 
The World Health Organization said the overall caseload had declined since July, but about 5,000 people a day are still being infected with cholera. The disease spread due to deteriorating hygiene and sanitation conditions and disruptions to the water supply. More than 14 million people are cut off from regular access to clean water and sanitation in Yemen, and waste collection has ceased in major cities. More than a quarter of those who have died, and 41% of those who have been infected, have been children. So that is, if you're wondering what is happening in war-torn Middle East, that is but one story. It's 13 minutes past nine o'clock. Yes, unfortunately, that is the note that we end the news from around the region. We're going to go to some community announcements and then we will hear from um, Comrade Budit from the Philippines um, about the situation there, particularly the um, potential or the threat of return of authoritarian rule. The Independent and Peaceful Australia Network presents War, Peace and Independence, Keep Australia Out of US Wars. Amidst an escalating threat of another major war breaking out, this timely conference will be held in Melbourne from the 8th to the 10th of September. The conference will address the struggle against US bases, drone warfare, peace as union business, US political and military influence and much more. For details and bookings, head to ipan.org.au or go to the Independent and Peaceful Australia Network's Facebook page, a 3CR supporter. Hey, this is Nick from Pinar. You're listening to 3CR. Please support community radio and your local music scene. Subscribe now. Give money back to the people that give music to you. It is 15 minutes past nine o'clock here on Community Radio 3CR. You're listening to Asia Pacific Currents. I'm Giselle Hanna. Elisa Budid Carlos is the spokesperson and lead convener of the In Defence of Human Rights and Dignity movement, which is I Defend for short. I Defend is currently the broad, broadest human rights formation in the Philippines, composed of over 70 organisations and 40 recognised representatives of people's struggles in the Philippines. I Defend is at the forefront of responding to the human rights crisis in the Philippines and countering the possible return of authoritarian rule in the country. Good morning, Budit. Thank you so much for joining me. Yes, good morning, ma'am, um, and, and good morning to uh, everybody, uh, all the listeners of 3CR Radical Radio. It's good to be here. I should mention that Budit is here as a guest of Socialist Alliance, who are having their um, annual conference in uh, Sydney at the moment. So... Um, <coughs> I mean, we are watching with quite a degree of alarm at the moment the situation unfolding in the Philippines. I think many of us would regard Duterte as certainly not a friend of the workers' movement, although that is um, at one point what many of our comrades were saying in the Philippines. Um, And we reported earlier in the show that I think the death count is up to about 10,000 civilians that have died in uh, Duterte's war on drugs. Tell me, what is the the situation like in the Philippines? Uh, Well, basically, um, yes, um, uh, everybody is concerned actually all over the world about what is happening in the Philippines, the human rights crisis. 
uh, that has been ongoing uh, for about a year now, which has resulted, uh, well, um, the 10,000 figure that is uh, just uh, documented once, uh, I defend, has actually come across many, many more which uh, do not belong to the official figures, no? But what is uh, clear is really that uh, this uh, president has put in place a permission structure for mass murder. Um, he has um, um, actually created the conditions whereby um, uh, due process, uh, the rule of law, uh, the police's rules of procedure are arbitrarily derogated. And, um, yeah, essentially justice um, is being settled on the streets and decided by one pillar of the criminal justice system alone. Um, he has effectively defined a particular section of Philippine society worthy of elimination uh, by dehumanizing, uh, demonizing drug dependents and petty uh, drug peddlers. Um, essentially, uh, those who are being killed come from the most impoverished uh, sections of Philippine society. Uh, the poverty-inducing system uh, in the Philippines has created a huge market of beaten-down, uh, impoverished individuals predisposed to become exploited into a life of crime and drug dependency. And um, this president, instead of, uh, instead of um, um, investing in a life of dignity so that uh, the, uh, the issues of drugs and crime um, would be effectively uh, uh, responded to, uh, he chooses to assault the very people whose lives, uh, of course, we as uh, progressives have been trying to uplift uh, through structural change. And, um, yeah, he's uh, just um, been creating a crisis so that he can, uh, he can actually, um, um, yeah, create a path towards authoritarian rule, no? Well, actually, well, yes, I mean, that is clearly what he's doing. I wanted to, a lot of people describe his his personality, his charisma, his governance style um, on par with Trump. They also talk about his popular appeal in the way that many people speak about Trump, except we don't see the propaganda coming out of um, the Philippines in the way that we see the propaganda coming out of the United States. How is he able to... Um, convince, how is he able to maintain popular rule given how homicidal his government, his administration is? Well, actually, to, to be able to understand his, uh, his popularity, you know, um, we have to actually go back and uh, look at what happened after the 1986 EDSA revolution. Um, uh, the regimes uh, that actually uh, came after uh, that revolution were uh, liberal, elite liberal democratic regimes. Sure, there was a restoration of, uh, of uh, some democratic space, uh, nominal democracy, one person, one vote. Uh, but uh, basically, uh, another elite took over. And it is actually the 50 oligarch families uh, um, uh, that, uh, that have refused to democratize essential services and opportunities um, and have not fulfilled the uh, promise of the EDSA revolution of radical social reforms and the equitable redistribution of the nation's wealth. And, of course, um, having a, a ne neoliberal system, which has actually um, kept uh, the vast majority impoverished. And thus, it's actually um, the, the 2016 elections no, um, was actually a repudiation of this 
um, of this old system, um, which uh, never delivered uh, opportunities and basic services and uh, failed to uplift the lives of the vast majority. Second, his uh, cornerstone program, Drugs and Crime, is also the, the poorest communities in the Philippines affected by this. No, If a, um, if a uh, mother in an urban poor area experiences a crime and reports to the police, the police um, would simply do nothing and even try to uh, exploit her. And thus, uh, so many in the Philippines frustrated with an inoperable anti-poor criminal justice system actually subscribe um, have come to subscribe to this alternative justice dispensation system that he has to, uh, he, this president has to offer. And um, so um, he projects himself um, as the first socialist president, um, but uh, he has no coherent uh, social economic policies uh, that would uh, alleviate uh, poverty. And that is clear. And um, um, now he has uh, he, he declared um, over two months ago um, martial law in the uh, in the um, uh, one of the three island groupings in the Philippines in the south uh, Mindanao, and he's just waiting for uh, uh, the right pretext to uh, to uh, expand the martial law nationwide. No, and he's been stress testing um, uh, Philippine institutions uh, since he uh, assumed power. And um, he's putting in place, um, yeah, um, repressive laws. Uh, his two uh, top priority legislations are actually the, the restoration or instatement of capital punishment and the lowering of the minimum age of, um, of criminal responsibility from age 15 to 9, a nine-year-old uh, being a grade 3 student in the Philippines. Um, and um, yeah, law and order is such an easy uh, tool for governments. Yes. I mean, not just in the Philippines. So we see a similar trend in Australia, in the United States, the United States, which has currently incarcerated ten percent of its entire population. Um, yes. I think it's important to look at what's behind this tactic, though, because, I mean, quite frankly, I don't think Dutetra cares one way or the other about drug-affected people or people suffering from drug addiction. Yeah. So this, this murder, this rampage of murder, the what you talk about as unleashing this permission structure <coughs> for mass yeah. murder, um, it, uh, it seems to me that it's a, it's a method, it's a device to... Um, instill absolute terror in the population to cause, to compel compliance among people, but also as cover for eventually the elimination of undesirables. And those people, I would assume, are actually, his actual target would be worker organisers, human rights activists, the people that the Arroyo government targeted when she um, unleashed her... um, her extrajudicial massacre of trade union activists. So when you describe his government, I know he says this that he is the first socialist president of the um, of the Philippines. We know that that is absolutely a lie, and his target is crushing yeah. the workers' movement. So if you agree with that analysis, what I'm interested in is what what are his measures against workers? What does it look like when he is um, going after? the trade union movement, and repressing workers' organizing? Um, well, I, um, I, I totally uh, agree. Actually, he has um, uh, uh, proven that he can kill thousands and um, 
yeah the um curtailing um uh, uh civil liberties and and um and uh repression will just just be a mopping up and declaring um uh, one man rule will be just a mopping up operation no? um essentially um his uh, his one of his um uh, promises is getting rid of contractualization in the philippines no ending that uh but uh it's clear uh, now uh, for uh, the workers' movement in the Philippines that uh, this is just uh, something that is cosmetic, uh, selective uh, um, um, ending of contractualization. And in fact, um, the structures that uh, permit contractualization in the Philippines um, um, uh, continues. No, and um, essentially. Um, yeah, uh, September 2016 uh, was an all-time high um, for the numbers of uh, labor killings, no? killings of labor leaders, nine in total in September 2016, and um, some of which um, were actually uh, related to the, the war on drugs. No? Ka Orlando, um, Comrade Ka uh, Orlando Abangan from Talisay Cebu in the Visayas was killed uh, because he, uh, he being a seasoned um a seasoned um um uh documenter of uh, of uh, human rights violations um he uh, he actually responded to a group of youngsters who were uh, illegally arrested uh, due to drug uh, being suspected of uh, being involved in drugs and um uh, uh the following day he was killed uh, in broad daylight um so uh yeah essentially um yeah he's th these are just actually creating um uh, conditions um uh, so that he can uh, yeah there's it's actually a damocles sword hanging all over our head so um even the stall uh, the stalled peace talks now actually um threatens uh, he has announced um that um he is on the verge of an all out war uh with the big left and um, when that happens, um, yeah, I mean, the state machine and the military establishment will have, uh, yeah, will not be able to distinguish, uh, will not distinguish, actually. Um, and um, uh, all progressives in the Philippines uh, um, um, will be at risk. But you are fighting back. You are organizing. There is a lot of opposition to what he's doing. What can you tell us about that? Yes, actually, we have... Um, yeah, um, several challenges in the Philippines, and the reality is uh, that uh, um, certain people who have left uh, uh, the social movement um, in the 90s actually and went into mainstream politics, um, uh, became political mercenaries, have actually joined um, Duterte's uh, core ranks, inner circle. And thus, um, yeah, this uh, president, uh, together with his... Uh, Minions are actually, yeah, uh, making use of um, mass organizing methods uh, by the social movement, by the mass movement, and um, they're actually setting up, um, yeah, uh, a mass movement at the grassroots, no, um, um, uh, very similar to the way um, the organizing methods of of the left, and uh, thus uh, it's it's very difficult uh, that uh, these uh, former Former progressives, as I would like to refer to them, uh, are lending legitimacy to this uh, this violent uh, president that's, that actually that pretends to be progressive. 
Well, um, Woody, we are actually out of time on the program today, but thank you so much for joining us. Thank you um, especially for sharing your thoughts, your analysis, and good luck with the continuation of the struggle. We certainly are supporting and defending the rights of workers in the Philippines to organise and um, will continue to extend our solidarity to you all. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you for for the opportunity to to, uh, share the situation in the Philippines. That was uh, Elisa Budid Carlos. He is the spokesperson of In Defense of Human Rights and Dignity Movement, I Defend, uh, in the Philippines. He's also a guest speaker of Socialist Alliance at their Radical Ideas Conference, which is this weekend uh, in in Sydney. Um, there will be uh, there will be a visit to um, to Melbourne, um, so stay tuned for those details. It is nine twenty nine. We are absolutely at the end of uh, the radio program this morning, Asia Pacific Currents. Thanks for tuning in. I just really want to quickly announce one more thing. Um, Lasnet, the Latin America Solidarity Network. Um, has a film screening, a, a Brazilian documentary called uh, Marta Rio. Uh, God, that was terrible pronunciation. Okay, it's Saturday, August the 19th. That's today at 6.30pm at Hot Shots, which is 16 to 20 Buckley Street in Footscray. Get along to that. Coming up next, of course, is uh, Palestine Remembered. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.